It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. Hello, welcome to episode five of the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Josh Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. One, the snack bag, where we will cover some of the smaller stories from the past week. Two, the marquee topic, where we will dive in depth into one pop culture story or event. Three, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and lovely wife, Maureen. Maureen, how are you? Doing great, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Back from a business trip. Glad to have you back, honey. I was back uh, last night very, very late. I was in Seattle for three nights, so Maureen was here doing the single parenting thing while I was gone. How was that? It was good. Caleb and I got a lot of time together, and I got very organized about preparing his lunch the night before. And, and then I returned, and that's all gone out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Josh has already made a huge mess. I haven't made a huge mess. I did. Go, I, the plumber came today. Yes. We had, a, we had a sink issue, and the plumber came, and he fixed it, and I'm a hero. Josh is a hero, although I'm just going to say I don't think I should have to thank you for fixing something in our house. It's I not, didn't break it. I know, but if I would have done it, you wouldn't have been like, thank you, honey, for fixing that. It would have been like expected. I might so have said thank you. I'm just going to say that this is a great thing you did and you should continue to do it as part I'm of an normal adult. responsibilities. Yeah. I'm an adult. Maureen, uh, so I told you recently that I think I'm going to build Caleb a stool. Oh, my gosh. What, how do you feel? I, then, I, yeah, but, everyone, but, you, no. but you didn't hear the latest. I think now, <sighs> I, I haven't even, so I'm going to build our son a stool. Instead of just buying one. I just buy one on Amazon. It'll but be building, perfect. But building one will be so much more Josh fun. Josh is not a carpenter and we live in a condo and we don't have any tools. But wait. So I thought about this and I thought maybe I should open a furniture store. Like I could build my own furniture. What do you veto. think of this? Absolute veto. This is so, I, I wanted I to I wanted to wait until the podcast to bring this <laughs> to up. Tell me this. Just to see what her reaction oh was gonna gosh, be. Oh my gosh, I can't even Maybe I'll just stick with the bakery. I'm gonna. I'm thinking about opening a bakery. Yes, you are. I, uh, you're, Josh is an amazing baker. He is so talented in the kitchen, and all of the things like he he makes these chocolate chip cookies that are the chewiest, most delicious chocolate chip cookies you've ever had. I'm not gonna give away his secret ingredient, but let's just say stick to baking. More baking, less building. Could sell those in the furniture store. You never know. With what furniture? Okay, we'll 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 come back to this, Maureen. Should we just jump into the snack bag? Yes. So Josh. Um, Sent me this article on the Biebs. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another pop culture icon off the market. He's engaged. And he was like, baby, 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 ooh. Back to singing those copyrighted tunes. Yeah, well, I'm not singing them well, so I'm sure it's fine. So Justin Bieber is engaged to Haley Baldwin who, if you don't know, is the 21-year-old daughter of Stephen Baldwin, brother of Alec Baldwin, who's the most famous Baldwin brother, I think. 
Maureen, what are your thoughts on the Beebs getting engaged? He's pretty young. He's only 24. Yeah, he's totally young. He he kind of looks like a hot mess. She a little bit looks like a hot mess too. And I'm going off of the like pictures of their Instagram that was in this article today and in the news. I surprisingly am into it. Not surprisingly. Let's be honest. I love love. They seem very happy. They both have posted a ton of things on social media. And I really like that both of them are mentioning that, you know, I, I think they have... I think they're a little bit religious and I think they have some good perspectives on marriage and that it's, you know, a blessing from God. And I'm really hoping that this involves some pre-marriage counseling. I know we certainly went through our share of pre-K now, which I think is a great resource. So I'm into the engagement. Like always, I wish them the best. And uh, Bieber's had some tough knocks. So I think I'm hoping that he can kind of have some stability in his life, which will be good. I don't buy it. I just don't think it's going to last. I mean, he's why tw- he's 24, and he just seems so. Not- How old were you when we got engaged? I was <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. How 20, old? 26. No. 25. You were 25. No. Yes. I was 25. Wow. Okay, maybe the age thing isn't. Okay, scratch that. Um. Okay, maybe it's not the age. Maybe it's the fact that he just seems younger than 24. He just doesn't seem super mature i feel like he is a baby there she goes again (laughs) i feel like here's here's the problem i'll I'll just say this briefly i think that the problem is not that he's young but that he grew up in this in this environment where he was treated as the greatest thing ever and while i'm sure he's matured a little bit from that i just feel like that is not a good recipe for a marriage (laughs) So you're basically saying that because he grew up as a famous kid, he can never have a good marriage? That's not what I said. I just think now he can't. Why? When can he then? When he matures a little bit. I mean, how, what are you? How how are you measuring his maturity? You don't know. This him. was like two years ago. He was peeing in a bucket, in in a in a <laughs> stairwell, and flipping off a a picture of President well, didn't Clinton. A lot of that have to do with substance abuse. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe. But either way, I just, I'm not buying this. Okay, so let's move on to our second snack bag topic here. Maureen, I saw this article last week that George Clooney, the silver fox, he got into a pretty scary looking car crash. He he wasn't in a car. He was on a scooter in Italy. He's shooting a mini series for Hulu there. And his scooter hit a car. Maureen, did you see this video? Yeah, it's it's really terrifying, honestly. I kind of looked at this and was thinking like, oh my gosh, George Clooney had his toenail run over and now he's in the hospital. But you watch this video and it's from, I think, a, a traffic camera or yeah. something with the intersection. It It is truly scary. It. I, I mean, I just want to tell everyone to wear a helmet because, and when we say scooter, it's like more like a motorbike. Like it's like, yeah, it's like one a, step down from a motorcycle. Yeah. So he's like on a main road and I guess a car was in the wrong turning lane and he runs straight into it. Yeah, so very the, scary. I'm very glad he's okay. So for the the front of his scooter hit the back of this car. He flipped over the handlebars and landed on the road. When I first saw the story too, I, I really didn't think that it was going to be anything big. But then I saw the video and it's amazing that he wasn't really hurt. And that's uh, really good. So yes, I echo Maureen's sentiment. Please wear a helmet if you're going to bike or skateboard or scooter around town. Yeah. And we're glad that George Clooney is okay. Yes, definitely. All right. So next topic, Joaquin Phoenix. What's he got coming up next, Josh? Tell us. He is going to star as the Joker in a Joker standalone film. Boo. 
Cool. Well, the reason that I find this so interesting is because there already is a Joker standalone film that's gonna come out starring Jared Leto. What? Yeah. So, so that they're not gonna be. There's not just one. There's now At gonna the be same two. Time? Yeah, pretty much. And this is the same universe, right? Yeah, it's DC comic universe. But why? I don't know. I I could not figure out why there are two different Joker movies being made. But Jared Leto is currently playing the Joker in sort of the DC universe that also stars Henry Cavill as Superman and Ben Affleck as Batman. And he was in Suicide Squad as the Joker. He's going to get his own film. And apparently now Joaquin Phoenix, who is a great actor. He's really good. Why so. do we need, I'm sorry. Why do we need two films about the Joker? Why do we need any films about the we Joker? We really don't. And and so the big, the big backlash from the fan community who are big fans of the comics are that the best part about the Joker is that we don't know much about his backstory. And so that makes him a really interesting character. So it'll be interesting to see if these movies are any good. I also just think that it's, it just reminds me too much of Heath Ledger when Heath was playing the Joker in, I don't know which Batman that movie what that the was. Dark Knight. But yeah, Dark Knight. And he had such a like deep portrayal of it. Wasn't the story that he was having trouble sleeping and because he was so deep into this very disturbed role. And so he took some. Yeah, he, he overdosed on some medication and and he passed away. I mean, he won an Oscar for that. I I, I don't know. I Yeah, posthumously. I mean, like, yeah, it was, it's just it was not worth sad. it. Yeah. In my mind, I'm just like, and that was creepy enough, you know? Like, in my mind, I don't I don't know why we need to just tell this villain story. Um, so I, I'm not interested in this. I don't really think I'll be seeing it. Josh will have to recap that one. I think, it's, I think it's probably all about the money, as these things usually but, are. But why does anyone want just a villain story? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I think there's this whole wave of anti-heroes being the center of our stories. I mean, you look at... A lot of television shows are doing this. That's a whole other topic, so we'll save that for another podcast. But yeah, I'm I'm not really looking forward to this either. I'm sure I'll see it when it comes out in a couple of years, but I'm not looking forward to it either. Maureen, our last snack bag topic for this week. As everybody probably knows by now, there was a Thai soccer team that was trapped in a cave in Thailand after some heavy rains. And thankfully, they were all rescued miraculously. They sent really experienced cave divers in to get them out and over the period of about three days after they were found uh, they were all extracted safely which is amazing news of course as is not really surprising there are not one but two movies now in development about this story Maureen what do you think about this I mean in my mind this is not surprising I think it's people just want to kind of capitalize on the story I'm just going to go on the record saying I hope they get Thai actors to play them so it can be authentic. It's really funny you say that because the director who's attached to direct the second of the two movies has said exactly that. He wants to make sure that the proper actors are cast in these roles. We don't need two movies. One movie I think would be interesting. Two movies, too much. We're, we're, we're headed for an Armageddon deep impact. We're going <laughs> to get both of them at the same time. I'm trying to think of what that song is. Don't want to hold you close. <laughs> there she goes again. There she goes again. Don't you remember just Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck like walking to that song? What is that song? Yeah, it's Aerosmith. Yeah, it's, it's weirder. Her dad. It's weirder that it's her dad. <laughs> her dad. Steven Tyler singing a song about. I still miss you, baby. All right, that's too. That's that's more than fifteen seconds of our 
of our fair use. All right, let's jump to the marquee topic. Josh, tell us what came out today. So as of the recording of this podcast, which is Thursday, July 12th, we have the 2018 Emmy nominations. Woo! Which is really, really exciting. So the Emmys are for television of over the past year. The winners will be announced during the live telecast on September 17th, which will be hosted by Colin Jost and Michael Che, who are best known as the co-anchors of Saturday Night Live. I don't know how I feel about them as Weekend hosts. update. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling them as hosts either. We will certainly do a a proper Emmy preview when we get closer, but we just wanted to give sort of our first reactions to the nominations since they just came out today. Okay, Maureen, tell us your initial reactions to some of these nominations. So we have, uh, we'll talk about the main categories to start. So best comedy, best drama series, best actor. Yeah, actress. yeah, yeah. Let me let me stop you there. So best comedy and best drama. First of all, I'm looking at these lists and I'm like, okay, cool. Turns out I haven't really seen all of them. So of well, the, well, the best. Let me let me stop you. We should preface this by saying there are over 500 programs to watch that are considered quote-unquote tv so there's no way anybody could watch all of these so oh, no i don't feel bad about it i just thought it was interesting i ha- i have heard of all of them but some of them have i have chosen not to watch because they just didn't appeal to me so of the best comedy nominees i've seen five out of the eight um i actually like two of them so the two that i really like and would recommend are glow which is the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it's a show all about how this weird 80s TV show about women wrestlers was made on Netflix. Very funny. And The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is Amazon Prime. Um, and that one is also hilarious. Both of these, obviously, comedies set in different time periods. I think they've got really strong female leads, and I really like them. One of them, one of the nominees for best comedy I used to really like, and that is The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Definitely check out the first season. This is a Netflix one. Another amazing theme song here, which I'll I'll sing out to you on the credits as we uh, wrap up the podcast today. But um, this one, I really liked the first season. Second season was okay. And I recently tried to watch, I don't know, whatever season I'm on, and it was just unbearable. So (laughs) I think the shtick for me has worn off. Um, Really talented cast. Um, And like I said, first season is really good, but I'm not currently watching it. Um, what were your take on the comedies, Josh? I think it's a pretty good list. I think that the any surprises or snubs? Yeah, I think the biggest there there are two there are two surprises. The the big one though is that Modern Family is not on this list. Modern Family, I believe, they used to is clean a, up. Yeah, they have won this category five times. They won five well, years maybe in a row. They've won it enough, and they just Maureen mm-hmm. loves to Maureen I, loves when a lot of p- different people yes, win. Yes, we need to share share the love. So there's. You know, the take of most television critics is that Modern Family hasn't been great for a while, but up until last year, they had been a part of the Best Comedy Series nominees. But this year, they are not a part of that for the first time in their run since 2010. And also, none of the actors, well, the, ma- the main actors... like a bajillion times. Yeah, but none of them are nominated this year. I used to watch the show. I was I really I liked love, it. I still watch it. Maureen still I've watches it. I've seen every it. episode. I stopped watching it, you know, a couple seasons ago. It just... I, I was sort of just fell off. It just wasn't as funny to me. I mean, I'll catch it oh, here no, and I'm then. Oh, no, I'm into it. I think it's still very funny. But I, I think that after a certain point, you can't just keep being nominated. I guess that's Like, you've fair. already been... I mean, they could be. I mean, they could be, but why? But think about think about it like this. 
there are shows that have that are nominated every year that they're they're on television and they deserve to be nominated every year. If you think it's funny, I why do don't think it's funny? Why don't you think it should be nominated? Because it's already been recognized in that way. I mean, I'm with you. I I think it's fine that it's not nominated. I'm just curious if you find it funny. You just think that they needed to make room for some of these other shows. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's new things coming in. So when you've already recognized something, especially in like, this is a very long running show, right? It's 10 seasons. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I'm surprised by it, but I wouldn't take it personally if I were them. I still think this show is very funny. So the other surprise for me was that Will and Grace wasn't nominated in the Best Comedy Series. I haven't seen any of this new season. It's been really well received by critics and and audiences are watching it as well. So there were a lot of people who thought it might make the cut. It didn't. There are eight nominees, which is surprising. It's it's the most uh, in the major categories. So just to recap, we have Atlanta, Barry, Blackish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Glow, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Silicon Valley, and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So Maureen, just, just from looking at this list, who do you think is going to take home? This is just like your initial reaction without reading anything else. If you had to guess. Now, I should point out that the winner for the past three years is Veep. Veep was not eligible this year because they didn't have a new season in the in the eligible period because Julia Louis-Dreyfus was undergoing treatment for breast cancer she is recovering now and they're about to start shooting the final season so they should be back next year but maureen looking at this list we are going to have a new winner this year who do you think it's going to be i think maybe mrs mazel i think you're right i think that could be i think it's either going to be the marvelous mrs mazel or atlanta atlanta has been recognized uh for acting and directing as well as a comedy series at the golden globes that's Donald Glover's show. I think that they have a good shot as well. So I guess we'll see. We'll do a we'll do a deeper dive uh, later in the summer before the Emmys. Maureen, let's shift over to best drama series. What were your initial thoughts about this category? So I've only seen three in this category because the rest are too scary for me. Um, it's hard for me to watch the really like scary crime shows just because as a person I'm a weenie. Although I watch Game of Thrones, so I that's pretty. That's pretty graphic, um, but that's like the most I can handle. So I will say um, of the three I've seen, I really like and watch all of the episodes of Game of Thrones and This Is Us. And This Is Us, I mean, it's so good. That's probably my favorite of this category. I just really like the stories and the way they tell about each family member. I also just like to cry through the episodes cathartically, but I think it's a really beautiful story about family. Um, the one that I've seen and stopped watching because it was too boring, but maybe I'll go back to it, was The Crown. I watched it some on maternity leave. It's been over a year since then. Um, but I really liked it. And Claire Foy has won a bunch before. So um, I think that's a really strong contender. But I, I really can't weigh in on the other ones and don't have a good sense of the overall category just because I'm too scared to watch them. Well, that's why you have me here because I have seen... Yeah, you've seen almost I've all seen of them. Uh, I've seen a little bit of everything except for The Handmaid's Tale, which I think, based on the nominations, we're going to have to at least check out a little bit. I've heard such great things about it. But I, I have, have heard, too, actually. But I have heard it's it's rather dark, uh, the subject matter. So maybe we'll ease into that during the day sometime. For anyone else who's listening who's also a weenie, I was told that The Handmaid's Tale might be something that I could tolerate because it is so far removed from reality. So um, it's set in a dystopian society. So it 
I think we might have to check it out. And it's won many times before, I know. Yeah, it won Best Drama Series last year at the Emmys for its first season. So this is its second season. So the other, the other dramas here that I have seen, The Americans, Stranger Things, Westworld, all of them good shows. I am most surprised that Westworld... I, I'm not. I'm surprised and not surprised that Westworld is in this category. The second season was not nearly as good as its first season. And also Game of Thrones. It's a hugely epic show. It's really entertaining, but the storytelling in the last season was not yeah, as good as it Game has been. Yeah, but it's Game of Thrones. I mean, I feel like... That's fair. I, I just don't... And it's the last season, isn't it? No, oh, there's no. one more. Okay. The second to last season. So, I don't know. I just wasn't thrilled about that i actually think for for my prediction i think the americans is going to win this category they just had their final season and it's a great show about two russian spies living in the united states and not only that it's a really interesting family drama as well um so i think it's either going to be that or this is us which is a show i also like you have three episodes of this is us to watch on our dvr so you better catch up i do need to catch up but i have seen most of the second season and it's very good yeah all right, so what about any, like, snubs, Josh? Did you feel like there was anyone who wasn't recognized that should have been? There were a couple that uh, that I thought, uh, when we talk about actors and actresses being nominated, I think that the couple of snubs that I would point out, one is Alison Brie from Glow. She's the lead character on that show, and I think she's really good. She's a good actress. She's funny. Maureen and I were talking about this earlier, and Maureen made the point that she's kind of the straight man in the show. She kind of is she the plays foil a hard character. Yeah, yeah. She she's kind of the foil for a lot of the other characters, the the bigger, bolder characters. Her co-star Betty Gilpin is nominated in the Best Supporting Actress category, so I was surprised she wasn't nominated. Uh, I don't know who you would take out of the Best Lead Actress in a Comedy category, but I was I was a little surprised that she didn't make it. There's also, uh, you know, shifting to the drama side, I was surprised that Mandy Moore wasn't nominated for This Is Us, and neither was Justin Hartley, who plays Kevin on This Is Us. The way that nominations work for actors at the Emmys is that each actor will submit one episode from the season as their sort of proof of concept, like, this is what you should judge me on. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so... So they, they get to choose kind of what their best foot forward is. Right. So either they will choose or their agents or managers or sometimes the show will have input as well. And if you're wondering as well, for shows, they submit three episodes of their season to be considered. Uh, Why for, is that? Because like the the deciding voters can't watch all, all of them? I think, that's, I think that's why. So the reason I was really surprised about Justin Hartley specifically for This Is Us is he had a really, really strong episode where it was entirely focused on him and he was dealing with some addiction to painkillers. Um, and he just, his acting in that episode was so far beyond anything he had done previously that I was surprised that he didn't, he didn't land a nomination there. Something else I was surprised about is that a lot of people were predicting that Viola Davis was going to be nominated for her work on How to Get Away with Murder. What's interesting, though, is that she was nominated for that character, but not in the lead actress category. She was actually nominated in the guest actress in a drama series because, for those of you who are big Shonda Rhimes fans, there was a crossover event. Her character was on an episode of Scandal, so she was eligible 
as a guest actress for playing the same character for which she normally plays a lead. So I thought that was really interesting. She's a nominee for best guest actress in a drama. I also wanted to mention that I think that it was a banner year for a couple of people. So on this list, we saw three nominees who have also been nominated for a bunch of other stuff. Um, So I was just really kind of happy for them that their like run of success is continuing. First, Lori Metcalf, who we've talked about on previous podcasts. She was nominated for supporting actress in a comedy for Roseanne. Um, And she obviously in 2017 had tons of nominations and wins um, for Lady Bird. She did not win the Oscar, but she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And in 2018, this year, she won the Tony and Outer Critics Circle Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play for Three Tall Women, which she did on Broadway. I really like her as an actress. I was happy to see that. Allison Janney, who um, is nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy for Mom. Obviously, she won a bunch of awards, and including an Oscar for Supporting Actress for an I, Tanya. Um, so really good run for her. And then... Tony Shalhoub, who is part of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel cast. He plays um, the lead character's father, and he recently won a Tony for his leading role in the band's visit. Which we discussed on our first podcast. That's right. Maureen, I wanted to point out a couple of other things here. One that uh, Keenan Thompson, who has been on Saturday Night Live for 15 years. Yeah, and his... used to be on Keenan and Kel. If we... And used to be on All That. Where all he... That. There she goes this again. Is all That. He received his first nomination for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Yes, I think it is well-deserved. One of the things that I was really surprised about, speaking of Saturday Night Live, is that it is the second most nominated show this year behind Game of Thrones. It received 21 nominations. It's not that good. Right, so that that's what I wanted to say. I don't watch it religiously, but I do watch a lot of the clips online. I will watch it. I will DVR it sometimes. I just don't think it's that funny. I I want to say that I totally get how difficult it is to put on a comedy show in a week. I mean, that's super impressive. Yeah, to, they're all incredibly talented. To but put on a 90-minute show. But yeah. the show itself is just not consistently funny. And I'm shocked. They'll get like one or two skits that's like Yeah, every really so often. Good. I'm just shocked by the number of nominations. Shocked. I'd also like to point out that Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda is a nominee for Best guest actor in a comedy series for his turn on Curb Your Enthusiasm, which if you're a fan of the show and haven't seen season nine, definitely check that out. It's really funny. And he does a really funny impression of himself, pretty much. He plays himself, but plays sort of an exaggerated version. Maureen, anything else on the Emmys? We'll, we'll do a little we'll do a, a little preview show right before the, sh- the Emmys happen in September and maybe give some of our predictions for some of the major categories then. Maureen, anything else? No, let's... Uh... Give me your teaser. All right, we will jump to teasers. Maureen, my teaser for this week, as we mentioned, I was traveling for work, and I went to Seattle to do some filming at Sub Pop Records. So my teaser for this week is Sub Pop. They are one of the longest-running independent record labels in the United States. They were first established in 1988 and boast a robust catalog of music. Some of their most well-known artists are Nirvana, Soundgarden, Fleet Foxes, Death Cab for Cutie, The Shins, Iron and Wine, Flight of the Concords, and many, many more, including one of my favorites of theirs, the Postal Service. So the people who work at the label are super nice and talented and super friendly. So give one of the sub-pop releases a spin and enjoy some great music. Maureen, what is your teaser for this week? So mine is a throwback. 
Um, and I may need you to do some fast Googling action, honey, just to get some facts here because I was too scared to look it up because I didn't want any spoilers. So my throwback teaser is Jane the Virgin, which is hilarious. It came out, I think it was released first season in 2014. That's correct. Um, and I'm currently watching it on Netflix. So I, I never watched it when it was live. I'm currently in season three. So it's a really funny show that parallels the the over-the-top plot lines in telenovelas. And so basically every everything that happens on it is ridiculous and hilarious. And the actors are are really their comedic timing I just really like. So in the episodes that I'm watching now, literally in within a ten minute span. Wait, wait, they, we should say this is a spoiler alert. If you're gonna watch the show, Maureen's gonna spoil she's not gonna name names, but but she is gonna spoil something. No, just to kind of give give context. They literally killed off one of the main characters and skipped ahead three years in the middle of an episode. And it was totally normal. It was literally like, okay, and now three years has passed and this is what's happening. And it was like, oh what? And I literally had to pause Netflix and be like, did I just end a season or is this a big transition? Nope. Middle of an episode, middle of a season. I, I just think it's very fun and light and still suspenseful. Um, and I also really like that it highlights a Hispanic family in Miami, and half of the show is in Spanish. So the grandmother character actually speaks in Spanish, and there's subtitles. And I just think it's a wonderful representation of a lot of the diversity we have in our country, and I really like that. And they have a really over-the-top narrator. Yeah, I've, I've caught a couple episodes when Maureen's been watching. And Gina Rodriguez, she's the lead. She's awesome. Yeah, she has won a couple awards for that role. I think she won a Golden Globe for its first season for Best Actress. Great show. Check it out on Netflix. And I'm really enjoying it. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash we would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the podcast. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com if electronic mail is your thing. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episode. We put out a new one every Friday. And if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating and a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. Unbreakable. You said you were going to sing it. Unbreakable. They alive, damn it. It's a miracle. <laughs> that was great. All right. See you next week. Bye.